1: bye bye well hello everybody and welcome back to brave new teaching before we jump into today's episode we just wanted to make a quick note this episode was recorded well before the COVID 19 pandemic broke and so we're talking about year-end classroom management strategies and activities and ways to just make the end of the year nice and smooth And we're doing so in the context of a physical classroom. However, we know that many, if not all, of the strategies that we talk about in this episode can be translated in some way to a distance learning space. So we wanted to just get you thinking before you start listening today, as you're hearing these strategies, as you're hearing the activities that we are talking about that we use in our own classrooms, how might you be able to take this and make it work for you so that the end of this year, as we start winding down and we're doing distance learning, and we're looking forward to a distance learning, perhaps blended learning future. How might these things make your life easier? We are here for you. We just wanted to let you know that's what that's all about.
0: And you know, guys, I'm actually going through this right now myself. I know Marie and I have talked a couple of times about just getting your head wrapped around how the end of the year looks. You don't want to wait until the last week of school to wrap your head around the end of the year. I'm right now trying to think about, okay, when can I set deadlines for this? When do I wanna grade this? When do I wanna assign this? When is my last day that I'm gonna assign anything? So things like that, you guys are definitely gonna translate over from our episode to now, despite the fact that we are not physically in our classrooms. And speaking of that, we also wanna talk to you guys at the end of the episode a little bit more about a masterclass that we are offering to help with that distance. I know that the community aspect of being a part from our students has been really a real struggle for all of us. And so Marie and I have developed a masterclass that can help put the pieces back together of your community that feel like they're falling apart. So make sure to listen all the way to the end so we can share that with you. We also have some directions for you to follow to enter a Teacher Appreciation Week giveaway. And that will be happening on our Instagram. So stay tuned and we will talk to you about that at the end of the episode. I'm ready to get started and listen to our dent to dent to dent little intro music. What about you? I'm
1: so ready. Let's jump in. Here we go. You're listening to Brave New
0: Teaching, a podcast for educators challenging the status quo. I'm Amanda and I'm a high school English teacher in Illinois.
1: And I'm Marie, and I'm also a high school English teacher in Southern California. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. Oh, hey, Amanda, how are you today? Hey, Marie. How's it going? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing well, and I'm actually really, really excited to talk about what we are doing today because I think it's going to help a lot of people. It made me reflect quite a bit on exactly what I do at this time of year to keep things going, and hopefully it'll make the end of the year better for me and for you and for anybody else listening. You know? Well, and talking about this just makes me excited because it means the end of the year is coming. I know. It is on its way. I always have to remember my students – or remember. I always have to remind my students, like, just because – I love my job, and I truly do. I love what I do. I love working with students. All that doesn't mean I'm not excited for breaks, especially summer. Doesn't mean that teaching doesn't still suck the life out of me, and therefore I need some uh, rejuvenation time, such as summer break, and here it comes. Oh, my gosh, we can taste it. It's so close.
0: I just can't wait to get to some traveling and spend time with my family, and oh, my gosh, I just I can't. This is so motivational, though, because it's more enjoyable in summer. I think when we talk about today, having an end of the year that feels nicely wrapped up, I feel like I could start summer sooner because I'm not kind of bumming around feeling like, "Uh, I could have done things differently.
1: So I'm really excited for today's episode, too. Absolutely. Me, too. So let's get into it, shall we? Um, Let's do it. Basically listeners, when we were sitting down and we were thinking like, okay, what are all the things that we individually do to wrap up the year in our classroom in a smoother way than the chaos of run, 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 get it done, get it done, grade, 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 go to sleep. Um, We came up with a whole bunch of different bullet points and then we kind of just like classified them into like three big tips that we have, three main areas to just like put your focus and really play it all up. So our first one Is looking at organization and communication and kind of keeping those two things aligned so that they can help each other. The more that we communicate and the more organized we are, the better things are. So do you want to take this one running and then I'll add in? Yeah, let's do it. So the first thing I think with organization and
0: communication is the calendar, having a calendar, having it in the room, giving it to kids, posting it online, giving it to parents. um, This is going to be a critical step for you guys. And the things you want to think about putting on that calendar are things like your due dates, um, the rules you have for absences when inevitably they do happen. I know for us for a couple of years at my school that I'm currently at, We've had speeches at the end of the year. And that's great until kids miss the day they're supposed to give their speech. And then there's all these how many days do I have to make this up? Or when do I come in? I missed my final. Like, we need to just know what the rules are, especially if you're kind of new to a school, and make sure that everyone's reminded of them very clearly and early on. Like, May is maybe too late. Like April's cool. Like coming back from spring break, like it's fine to start talking about that stuff now. The other calendar that I like to have is my own. And I make a calendar with, grading dates for myself. So I try to think backwards from the end of the year, like I'm not gonna be grading on the Friday that everyone else is gone and I'm the only one in the building, like no flipping way. So I actually decide when am I gonna be grading? And then I pick my assignment due dates from those days to make sure that the assignments are turned in so that I can grade on the days that I need to grade. Um, So that's really important for me is working backwards with a plan for all of the final end of the year stuff, because there is nothing worse than the bell ringing at the end of May or the beginning of June, and everyone's like, "Bye!" and you're like, oh there's still so much to do." So try to get yourself a calendar too that builds in all those things that you know are going to fall off of your, you know, your to do lists daily.
1: Just get them on the calendar. I love that because I've I like. The way that I make my calendar, I definitely look at, okay, what type of assignment is going to be happening like on the finals day? Is it going to be a writing assignment? Uh, No, because I have finally taught myself to stop giving a writing assessment (laughs) on like the like few days right before school ends so that I'm not sitting there grading and grading and grading into the first weekend of summer and I finally started giving those the week before and then it's either like a presentation or a test or something like that that's a little bit Easier yeah. and quicker, or even self grading sort of a thing. Um, but I love the idea of looking at this is going to be my grading day, and now I'm going to go backward from that. I'm totally stealing that from you. I think it's fantastic.
0: I yes, think I do it all year, also, and it really does completely change everything. We'll talk about it in another episode, I'm sure.
1: Um, I just like it's such a mindset shift too, and it's like really mindfully being able to look at like practically, like what do you do? Well, we plan. We deliver and then we assess. So, like, when are we going to have time to grade those assessments? That's just like a very, very. I'm just really impressed with you right now, Amanda.
0: Oh, um, well, when we're talking about the end of the year, like it's serious. That's true.
1: We're very good
0: about like making sure we've done everything for everyone else. But we don't think about ourselves. Absolutely. And I don't think it's
1: wrong to plan your grading time first. No, I think it's just smart. Well, <laughs> and the thing that I. Like, well, what starts to happen, like, at my school, I, like, grading aside, well, actually, no, this has, totally has to do with grading. What starts to happen with me is, as students are, like you were saying before, inevitably absent, or late, or they, like, have a doctor's appointment, or da-da-da-da-da, and then I sit there, and I'm taking work from them, because I take late work in my classroom. It's fine, like, because all of the work that they're doing is somehow skill-building, or practicing, or reinforcing, and therefore leading up to whatever they're final assessment is going to be so like I through that philosophy I will take late work but when I find myself getting late work the two weeks before school is out well I don't have time to grade it then do I like Uh and then I find myself after graduation the next day sitting and grading the stack of like one-off simple assignments and I like oh my I just like want to smash my face into my computer because I'm like why did I do it again like it's been over a decade why am I still doing this to myself um So, like, the whole idea of a calendar, the other thing that I put on a calendar for students is a dead last day for any sort of late work. Yes. And it's always as I'm assigning their final, which is normally a project in my class, but, like, whatever the final is going to be, all of that work has to be in before the project, like, the day that the project is being assigned, which only makes sense if all of the work that I'm having them do – is leading up to this final assessment, like had this yep. moment, this epiphany of like, Durr. so all of that is on a calendar that goes out to kids, goes out to their parents, is posted in our classroom, is everywhere so that everybody knows exactly what's going on at all times. And it like, yep. it alleviates so much. This I found
0: especially helpful if you teach any classes that are co-taught or you work with case managers and students that have 504s or IEPs in your classroom their case managers are so relieved to have your directions very clearly laid out because as you know case managers work with students with all different teachers in the building Mm -hmm. so it's really hard for them to keep track of whose rules are what so if we give out a calendar in advance it's really clear really organized you're going to end up with fewer headaches at the end of the year they're still going to happen some kids going to tell you oh i'm going on vacation early or (laughs) Like something
1: like like, that. Must be nice, Uh, bud.
0: (laughs) But it's nice to have the calendar like paired up with all the rules and handing it out like as early as mid April if you can. Because there isn't really anything that's gonna change between April and the end of the year.
1: No, not I mean I would say let's just be clear. That like even if your plans change, if like what you're giving them alters a little bit, then that's something that you can kind of just fix in the moment. But the dates shouldn't be moving, right? Like graduation graduation not going to move rules not going to change yeah policies not going to alter or they shouldn't anyways because consistency is like the thing that'll make a rake you and like i have to i feel like i cannot like drive home enough communicating with parents and mind you i i teach seniors so like seniors in may so a, a lot of times i'll have colleagues that are like yeah but they're in high school like shouldn't we be giving them you know more freedom and da da. da. Well, yeah, but guess whose parents I'm hearing from the most in May and June? I am mm-hmm. hearing from the parents mm-hmm. of seniors. Guess who is on the phone with me, crying, saying, "Please, my son has to pass to be able to walk." And I'm like, "Yeah, they should. He should have passed a month ago." You know, like. And yep. so all of that really clear communication, especially to stakeholders like parents and guardians, is so just key. Like, it's just, it has saved a lot of kids from either not graduating or from, yes, parental wrath, you know.
0: Yeah, it's huge. Well, in the title of this episode, guys, we're really looking at classroom management. So, yes, the calendar helps yeah, organization, <laughs> which is our first, you know, like our first breakdown. But being organized helps classroom management. No one is living in a mystery. And when your class is free of mystery... Things run smoother and are more manageable. So it's not just about organization and communication. It all goes back to the big mama, which is having a manageable classroom where everybody is mostly on board with what's going on and there are no big bumps in the road or at least you've tried to manage the ones that could be coming.
1: Well, absolutely. That's the whole thing. The organization and the communication, be it calendar, be it whatever type of thing you're talking about. I think that we were so fixated on that just now because that is the way to meet most problems that are going to come your way in late spring going into summer before they even happen, right? It's that like front loading of here's what's coming, here's exactly what you're going to need to do so that students know just how high the stakes are because the end of the year is the end of the year and it gives them that extra little boost of focus and it helps us keep things up because I can be my own worst enemy in the classroom sometimes and I start to have these moments of like, oh, they're doing so great and then I start chatting with kiddos because – they're awesome, and then I've realized I've derailed us completely, but if I have the calendar and they have it, like, we all know what's going on, and we can run a tight ship and everybody can end the year on a positive note or as positive as possible, Right. That's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah. Um, I think too, for classroom
0: management in my classroom, so the calendar is like bottom line, like has to happen. Um, but on top of that, like on like the day to day type of things that we do, I love using timers and this is something I'm always doing anyway, but especially at the end of the year, I use a timer for so many tasks. Like during class, when kids are feeling squirrely, I feel like a timer Keeps the squirrels to a minimum because. This task needs to be done when this timer, no matter how silly or ridiculous the sound is at the end, needs needs to be done. And that's a great way to manage
1: time and tasks. Do you use timers, Marie? I I use them in my classroom. I use them in my home with my own children. I use timers with myself when I need to be productive. It is like there's such an interesting like mechanism that happens in our brains when we can see the countdown happening as well. Like I have to make sure that the timer is actually on the board so they can see the time and then students can like self-monitor um timers are great and then also along with timers because I use them I embed them in all of my slides like I use them all year long is just like tightening up those transitions. Like all of the things that we've been practicing all year long, classroom routines, transitions, all of that stuff, just tightening it up. (laughs) Like if I'm really on top of it, that's that organization piece. And I have everything like super planned out. And I know exactly where each class needs to go or each class period needs to go and where we need to end up by the end. Then yeah, it all just like goes. It's not like – Busy equals good, but busy and productive equals f- less room for silliness, like you were saying.
0: Yeah, and that's really the goal. And you guys, this is really hard to do your first couple of years. Oh my gosh, this is yes. Marie and I are anciently old current <laughs> teaching years, and <laughs> like this, I had to learn so much of this the hard way. Like I remember the first time someone told me to use a timer, I was like, "They're not babies, oh, you right know." Like, I knew everything because I was, a, you know, first year teacher or whatever. But once I finally like did it, I have not I mean I use them within a class period multiple times every day. But especially at the end of the year, I feel like I try to think about my tasks in terms of how much time they should take. Because like you like you're saying, Marie, and I, I'm gonna kinda blend this into my next idea too, is when they're working on bigger types of projects, mm-hmm. I think the tendency is for us to give them work days sure you know like this this project has you know a seven day period where you can work on it and like the your heart is in the right place if that's what you want to do is give them class time to work however i am warning you unless you are teaching in a school where angels have descended from heaven i'm so happy for you but honestly like you've got to think about how much time your kids are really using on the task that you're giving them to do and by saying well if they wasted it then that's on them like It's kind of also on you, though. It's kind of also on me. And I think that saying no to work days is a great way to just shift your mindset and say, okay, no, we have seven days. I'm going to break this down into seven tasks or 14 tasks with a timer. You know, you need to do A, B, C, and D on this day, get it checked in with a grade. Boom. Then we're moving on to this phase and hold them to that as much as it feels socially appropriate. I mean, obviously use your best judgment, but I am really structured even with my most gifted kids because that because they're gifted their, and their kids to do with how well they spend their work days Um, they are just as guilty as other students for wasting time
1: well and the other thing that this strategy of like break basically like breaking things into benchmarks right and making sure for yourself selfishly that you're grading as you go because once again if we're going back to that like everybody's gone, you've had your farewell breakfast and everybody's doing their teacher checkout and you're buried in grading. It's horrible. But if you've graded along the way, you're done. And students can see exactly where their grade is going. Like there's just no mystery and the anxiety is taken out of so many things. So that's like a whole nother benefit to chopping things up because I'm a big, big fan of the big year end project synthesis assessment like i think that it's um a really great way to judge mastery of skills and like bring all of these things together and create a longer learning out of the whole course that you've taught but um yeah no i've totally been guilty of the like and then this week we're going to just work on our projects And then I get the like frantic emails Sunday night before it's going to be due on Monday. Um, Uh I couldn't do blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, yeah. And I, I, you know, my bleeding heart would only go so far because then I'd get really frustrated. And it was just a whole lot of unnecessary stress on their part, on my part, on I'm sure my students' parents' part. Whereas giving them like smaller tasks, like you're saying – helps them to be more, more successful and it also can be used in a really strategic way to teach students time management like yeah like absolutely. once again i go back to i'm i'm teaching seniors many of these seniors are going to go on to college but not all of them many of them are just going to be living their own lives as proverbial adults and those That's time so management i know i know <laughs> some of these little babies and yes they're bigger than me but whatever um <laughs> but they're little babies They, they need, everybody needs time management skills. So like, I like to take tasks like this and I'll call it like coffee shop mode and I'll put on the jazz music like I always do. But there is always a running to-do list up on the board so that we know by the end of today, you know, this 90 minute period or whatever it is, all of these things need to be done and they need to be in the inbox in the front. And if you get done, then you can do all these other things. Like I take a very, um, almost like a primary grade Approach to it where, yes, this is open time for you to work so that I can help teach you your time management skills. We even do a little rundown of what are some ways to take a quick brain break that is not destructive of your productivity. Like, that's a great idea. It's just a good, it's a really good way to reinforce uh, time management and self discipline. And we talk about what to do with our phones. Are we going to put it on airplane mode? Are we going to put all of our phones in the middle of the table so that we can have some sort of like uh, group? What's the word I'm looking for? Group contract. Yeah, group contract or understanding. (laughs) um, Accountability. Accountability. Oh my gosh! Thank you. I'm out of words. They've all run out. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it's just kind of incredible, though, also to like let that kind of blossom and say, "You guys figure out as you're small." Because my kids sit in tables how are you going to figure that one out? And it also helps the camaraderie grow. I do that all year long, but especially at the end of the year, I just like get on it. And we have long to-do lists. Sometimes we each take out a sheet of paper, we make our own to-do list. And we practice different forms of making these sorts of like time management-y sort of things. Um, and I'm hoping then that the life skills are going along with the content. So... Well, everybody, we hope you enjoyed part A of year-end classroom management strategies. We will be coming back at you this time next week with part B with even more strategies and more things that you can use in your classroom and also in the digital virtual learning environment in order to close out your year in a way that is as smooth as is humanly possible. And as promised, Amanda wants to tell you all about something we have just for distance learning to help you guys out. We have this awesome masterclass for you guys planned out. Here's how it works. Our
0: class is called Connecting Across the Distance. And this masterclass is about an hour long. You'll join us in a private Facebook group where we stream the video so you guys can watch the class. And we are going to watch it with you live on Friday, May 8th. And that is the place where you guys can interact with us live during the video. We will also be available for you live afterwards for a Q&A. And 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 if you're not available at all during that time, both the video and the Q&A will be saved there and ready for you to watch whenever it is convenient for you. We'll keep the Facebook group open for a little while so you guys can pop in and ask questions. Uh, Marie and I are there to support you no matter what and we're going to just break down for you as many strategies as we can share that are going to help improve the relationships and the bonding and the community that you want to rebuild in your classroom across the distance of distance learning. We are here for you. We support you. You guys can find out everything you need to know and a little description of the class in our show notes. Just pop down there. We've got all kinds of resources always listed and the things that are going on in our online world outside of the podcast. So head on over to bravenewteaching.com where you can see everything you need to know and check out the show notes right here on the podcast.
1: And thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next week. Bye.